Good afternoon, folk, and welcome to another exciting, amazing episode on Looking Up. And you are here with three amazing people and a fourth one. You're here with um, Sharissa and Janae and Shell and I'm, um, yes, Danny. So um, <laughs> you got the first three. They're the amazing people. And the other one is just, yeah, he's organic. Anyway, good, good, good to have you guys joining us from wherever you're joining us on this absolutely delicious Wednesday afternoon. It's just beautiful out there. The sun is shining. The birds are singing. And I've got three wonderful women here to keep me on track this afternoon. So welcome, Sharissa. Thank you. It's good to have you back. Yes, I've been away for a couple of weeks. So things have been sort of normal for the couple of weeks, haven't they? <laughs> I don't know. We missed you. It's good to have you back. Yes. Well, it's good to be back. And um, yeah, things went well down there in Melbourne, in case you're wondering. Uh, It was sad to say farewell to my grandma after 92 years Mm. of life. Blessed to have her here in Australia for 24 years. That was a great blessing. And after 74 years of marriage, almost 75 years in August. So that, that, that's come to a pause. As I shared at the funeral, her life is on pause, ready to have Jesus press the play button when the alarm sounds. Don't we all love that heavenly alarm when the trumpet sounds? Anyway, we've got another special guest here, and that is Janae. Welcome. Hi, good to be here. Now, Janae, tell us, where are you from? Um, I'm from, I'm a work experience student from Avondale School, and I'm just here visiting Faith FM. Cool. So where is Avondale School located? Uh, That's in Kurumbong. Okay, and that's in the Lake Macquarie area. Yes. Not far away from here. Well, Janae, we are so excited to have you here. And in a little bit, we're going to find out um, a little more about you. But we've also got Shell as well. She is our producer. And she's got some interesting things to share as well. So <laughs> when we talk about what's been happening in our lives and in the world in the next little while, we'll have you'll have the opportunity. But in the meantime, we want to give you a couple of numbers if you would like to contact us, if you've got any questions, any comments, um, any suggestions for how I can be less organic and more structured, feel free to give us a call. Um, 1-800- 324-843, that's 1-800-324-843, or 0491-064-669, that's 0491-064-669. Did I miss out anything, Sharissa? You nailed it. I nailed it. It's amazing. I can actually read numbers. So, um, <laughs> it's, good. it's good. It's good. Well, anyway, folk, we're looking forward to another exciting episode, and this is uh, an, an, another afternoon where we're going to be looking into the book of Daniel, and so stay tuned for that study this afternoon. But in the meantime, sit back and listen to this beautiful song from the Isaacs, Peace in Trusting. God bless and enjoy.
Peace in trusting the Lord. And Sharissa, uh, if ever there was a time when we needed peace in a time of strife and confusion and upheaval, it's surely today, don't you think? Absolutely. We need to trust in the Lord. And so it's good. It's good news when you know that no matter what happens, whether there's a lockdown or not, you can have peace in your heart, that peace that passes all understanding. And ultimately, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Amen. So I want to welcome you all again. If you've just joined us in the last few moments, uh, we're here on Looking Up on Faith FM on this beautiful Wednesday afternoon here in Newcastle. And we are journeying through the book of Daniel. We're continuing our journey through the book of Daniel today. And we are once again going to be uh, taking a look at Daniel chapter 7, where we left off a couple of weeks ago. But before we get into our study, we just want to sort of just catch up on life and uh, what's been happening around the trap. So, Shell, you're here. Um, tell us what's been happening in your life. Anything exciting? Anything interesting? <laughs> Well, I'm glad you started with what you did. You know that there's peace in Jesus because, yeah, I've had to cling to that a little bit this um, this week with the lockdown that's um, just been enforced from Victoria that Queenslanders cannot go down into Victoria at the moment. That has ruined my Easter weekend plans. Mm. Um, my oldest son is uh, 
getting married soon, and his engagement party was supposed to be this coming Monday in Melbourne. But he and his fiance both live up in Queensland, and so they will not be able to attend their own engagement party, so they've had to um, call it off. Um, yeah, so that's the second one of those that I'm missing out on because yeah, my other son got married during COVID oh, wow. as well. And so the... Yeah, the things that you kind of look forward to your whole life, I guess, mm, you know, with yeah. your children and, and just having that wonderful experience with mm. them getting married. Um, I've missed out, I missed out on both of those things with my, my younger son who got married first yeah. and now my older son who's getting married. We're missing out on that again, which is very sad. Yeah. But, but yeah, we're, we're still blessed, you know, we're, they've, they've found amazing women, wives, you know, so, um, the lives ahead are still are still good, but yeah, you just you know some things you just look forward to your whole life. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It's it it really has you know these these past twelve or, or more months now um, has just just really not only uh, disrupted economies, but like you said, the things that really matter to you that you look forward to all your life um yeah. it's disrupted uh, those those opportunities the privilege that you know a mother and a father want and 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 deserve to be there you know at the at the wedding or even at the birth of of their own you know precious yes children and so when it comes to birth there is um how, how's how's that going along because um Yay! well yeah we've got some good news on that front um so we are expecting our first grandchild Yay. and we had the reveal party so we know that we're going to have a granddaughter which is is nice yeah so oh, <laughs> we've only got we're half we've reached the halfway mark so these oh. things take too long don't they? <laughs> nine months it's the longest nine months for a for an expected grandparent so yeah wow and um you know you know covid has hit really close to home in, in my family I, while i was down in melbourne uh, they're preparing for my grandma's funeral. I got a got a phone call from my wife sharing with me the news. I'm not sure if I shared this with our listeners, but the news that uh, her uncle, her uncle passed away from COVID mm. in Serbia, mm. there in Europe, Eastern Europe. He was um, he contracted COVID. Only 74 years old, so that's the age of my father. You mm. know, that's not old. 74, and he contracted COVID, and yeah, sadly he was. Ten, I think about ten days on a respirator, and then sadly he passed away. So, um, yeah, that's, so. yeah, that's terrible news. I just found out um, this morning that my one of my aunties has just been diagnosed with COVID as well, mm. um, and she's in her seventies. So. Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit scary. Mm. Yeah, it is. So, you know, there, there is just so much fear and anxiety and uncertainty. Uncertainty, would, if there was going to be a word in the last 12 months or, or even or even moving forward that describes our world, it would be uncertainty, like the uncertainty of, of COVID and the impact that can have on your health. Then there are those who are concerned about, well, do I get a vaccine? Is that going to help me? There are those who are concerned about the vaccine. impact of a vaccine, you know, that hasn't been. <laughs> tested the way vaccines are generally tested over you know five to mm. ten to twenty year period so there's just so much uncertainty and and I think the the words of Jesus um, that our sh- 
show is based on in Luke 21, 28, where Jesus says, when you see all these things taking place, when you see all this uncertainty in the world, mm. the fear, anxiety, um, confusion, uh, look up because your redemption is drawing near. So, folk, if you're listening out there, I pray that the take-home message from today and and every time we're on this program looking up is just that, that as you see more and more uncertainty in the world, that you will look up because our redemption is drawing near. So on every level, Sharissa and... um, Janae, Janae's joined us and we're going to find out a little bit about from her just now. But on every level, um, whether it be politically, socially, uh, morally, whether it be, um, you know, economically and looking at, you know, military, whatever the environment, whatever we take a look at, the convergence of all these things taking place around tells us that Jesus is coming soon. Amen. So that's the good news, the blessed hope, the blessed hope. So, Janae, um, tell us, uh, anything anything um, interesting or exciting happened in your week this past week? Um, yeah, so uh, we've just finished our first term um, for school, and that goes for most um, primary and secondary schools around New South Wales, uh, that this week is kind of the final week. So for the Year 10 students, we've all been going off to our work experience, um, and so I wanted to come to Faith FM to just see how it runs behind the scenes and see what I can do on the radio as well. Okay, so you've got a bit of an interest in the media and, and radio in particular? Yes, I'm very interested in that. Oh, fantastic. Now, I know your dad reasonably well. Uh, yes. Uh, Dr. Slash <laughs> Pastor Eric Apuni, who's a lecturer there at Avondale College. We went on a on a Bible Lands tour back in 2000 and uh, where am I? 2019. <laughs> 2019. Yes. yes. So um, just before COVID. Otherwise, if it was going to happen last year, it wasn't going to happen. So we went to Iran, of, and that was one really interesting place. So I had a great time with your dad. Yep. Yep. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's good. Did he enjoy his trip? Did yes, he? he did. It was really interesting just to see, I mean, even going to Iran, that was super interesting because that's definitely not a place that many people will ever get to visit. Mm-hmm. So um, the kind of things that you guys got to do, like the archaeological digs as mm. well, and just the tours of, you know, all of the kind of important landmarks in biblical history, that was really interesting to see all of the photos and hear about the experiences that you guys had. Yeah, your dad here really lapped up every moment. He was there. He was the last one to take a photo, the first one to take a photo out of the bus, you know. He, he just he just loved every moment. I'm sure and, he would have brought back some good souvenirs. Yes, there were definitely a few good souvenirs, some some rocks that were straight, you know, from Iran, some, you know, little statue kind of things that they would have had, you know, back in the day. So that was really mm, cool. Absolutely. Now, Sharissa, my friend, apart from a bit of a crook neck, um, that's not exciting, but no. did you have... Anything take place oh, this week? Look, I've just been excited to be part of a an online series ah. called He Is Risen. And actually, it, it's a series that's been airing live here on Faith FM. So it, it's on every night. It's Well, not every night. Uh, it was on last night at 7.30 and two nights before that. And it's on again the final one tomorrow night at 7.30. So if people are interested and they'd like to hear the previous episodes, they can go to the website www.theend.org digital and you can watch or listen to them all there absolutely and whatever you do folk do not miss tomorrow night's april 1 april fool's day (laughs) i'm not sure why sharissa you were put on april fool's day thank you Um, for that introduction (laughs) (laughs) 
Now, but Charissa will be presenting her message. She's the third and final, so they've left the best till last. And Charissa will be presenting her message on the on the powerful Easter uh, story of hope tomorrow night. So that's Thursday night. Otherwise, but if you've missed any, they can go there and they can that's catch right. up. Yep. So you can catch up and, uh, yeah, we had, um, I, I saw your husband's one. That was great. And I saw a little bit of just, uh, a Lyle. little bit of Lyle's one. I didn't get a chance to see yeah. it all, but I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing the rest of it tonight in preparation for the April Fool's Day <laughs> climax. So that is really, really exciting. The two were not related, but no. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fantastic. Now, um, yeah, so folk, theend.digital, theend.digital, go there. And there's also a bunch of other resources and materials as well. Um, if you're interested in doing Bible studies, like we're about to sort of launch into a Bible study in a little while, mm-hmm. um, but if you're interested in doing Bible studies, uh, one-on-one Bible studies, people can do that, can't they? They sure can. They can just let us know. Yeah. And uh, and, and away we go. So if you want, if you want to have someone take a... a Bible study with you, feel free, and we will help you out. Also, if you want to catch up on any of our previous programs, um, you there are podcasts, and uh, just go to the Faith FM website, just go to the podcast section there, and under Looking Up, you can catch up on all the previous episodes, so feel free to do that. Yeah, and you know what? Janae's got another announcement that we just were made aware of. Fantastic. Yes, so we have a survey on faithfm.com.au, and we just want to find out more about... Um, what our audience and what our listeners like to listen to, uh, what they find interesting, what they would like to hear more of. So if you'd like to do that, all you have to do is visit thefaithfm.com.au and follow the survey links that are on there. You can go into the running to win one of ten $100 Visa gift cards. Now, if you ask me, that's a great, great great, um, prize. Yes, of course. So all you have to do is take uh, the survey and it's open until the 9th of April. Cool, cool. So the things that they like about Faith FM? Yes. As well as things, things you may not like. Of yeah. course, you know, that would never happen. But especially <laughs> on the looking up show. Especially yes. on the looking All up show. All of the things that you love, please let us know. Yeah, yeah fantastic. Right. So, so do that, folks. Also, if you have a prayer request, feel free to uh, share with us your prayer request. Either you can text it through or you can phone it through. And we would love to keep you in prayer for whatever it is you would like prayer for. Now, we've got a few minutes left. Um, Sharissa. Uh, let's talk about briefly the news. The news, yes. What, what's been happening um, in the news? So, do you have something? Yeah, I think to lead you should out? start us off. You I've, I've, got, I've got like, I've got like, you've heard of the Ten Commandments. So this is like Danny's twenty points from the week. No, <laughs> we, we, we won't go there. We won't go there. Um, but there was, uh, you know, as I was thinking about, you know, our floods that we have had. You know, just mm-hmm. over twelve months ago, we had fires. Mm-hmm. I think I read somewhere a statistic about nine percent of New South Wales. Wales was impacted by fire. Now, that may not sound a lot, but New South Wales is a massive state and obviously mm. mainly up and down the East Coast. But there's another there's another crisis brewing now that JobKeeper has been um, uh, discontinued. Uh, homelessness is rising and has been, and in particular, you know, the shortage of rentals out there. And we've got some ministers, I've got some colleague ministers that are literally living in caravan parks mm. because I don't know if they still are, but they have been for a number of months because they can't find a house, especially up north, mm. you know, Mwoolumba way and so on and so forth. And so this was an interesting headline from just yesterday 
from the ABC News, New South Wales homelessness deemed humanitarian crisis as new wave hits amid rental market squeeze. So this here in Australia, mm-hmm. in New South Wales, um, you know, we have this horrible uh, crisis that people can't find a home or an affordable home and people now don't have the job keeper. So, yeah, so the situation is, is getting pretty dire and we need to keep these folk in prayer. That's right. And it's not even just here that there's a dire situation, but I've been hearing quite a bit about Myanmar. Is that how you say it? Myanmar. Myanmar. Yeah, Myanmar. Myanmar. Uh, the terrible crisis happening yeah. there with the, with the army taking over the, the government. So we should be praying for those people there as well. Absolutely. And, uh, and something else, I'm not sure how you guys deal with mice. Do you have issues with mice? Yes, I do. You do have issues with mice. <laughs> my best mate, my best mate, his wife is literally petrified. Like I'm talking seriously <laughs> petrified, like like hospitalization petrified. And I'm not joking and I'm not kidding to, to see a mice. Anyway, um, there's a plague of mice um, in New South Wales. I'm not sure if you're aware oh, of that. Yeah, a plague oh. of mice. It hasn't been much media attention, but it's 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 pretty serious. This and, is headline stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, you know, imagine imagine mice sort of overrunning your bedroom. It's mm, not nice. Rats. No, not nice. Mice, not nice. No, definitely <laughs> not. So anyway, um, anything else from, from your end? Not from my end. Do you have anything, Janae? Uh, not from my end either. No, the sun is shining all this while. Look, when you're in, when you're in year 10, you're living at home with mum and dad. Life is sweet. Life is sweet. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, anyway, folk, um, we're now about to head off to another piece of music. Um, the way he loves me. Off to the news after that, and we'll be back with you for our Bible study as soon as that is all over. So stay tuned. The way he loves me.
Radio. Hey there, dudes and dudettes. This is Robbie. And I'm Sash from Real Faith. If you'd like to have a more vibrant walk with God, then come join us from 3.30 to 5.30 every Thursday Avo to hear fresh stories of God working in real people's lives. Digging deep into the scriptures and having a fun time. We'll, we'll see, see you there. there. Hey everyone, you're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right, and if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event, because you can actually participate. There's a free giveaway that you can claim. You can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun, so catch you then.
what a song. Amen. Powerful song. Hope you enjoyed that. And I want to welcome you all back to Looking Up on this Wednesday afternoon as we now will continue the journey um, into our Bible study. And firstly, I do want to say a big thank you to Justin and Sharissa (laughs) and Shell. Last week, uh, I was away down in Melbourne at my grandmother's funeral and they took the program on John chapter 9. And I listened to it all from start to finish Monday afternoon. (laughs) I got home and I hadn't been doing really any serious exercise. Um, because when you, when I go down to Melbourne, I've got a massive family there. In fact, my grandfather, uh, he nicknamed our family Jacob's family. <laughs> you know, Jacob, Jacob had many sons, 12 sons and, and a daughter, uh-huh. Diana, I think. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so there's quite a lot of us. There's like 35 direct descendants from my grandma and grandpa. Wow. So, yeah, so they had five kids, mm. 11 grandchildren. Mm-hmm. And 17 great-grandchildren. Very special. So 35 from that, plus on top of that, when you add in, you know, the spouses, uh, just counting the first-time spouses, not like added spouses that some of them have had, but just the first-time spouses, you're looking at 50 individuals. <laughs> 50 individuals from two. Wow. Isn't that amazing? That's so amazing. anyway, so I didn't get a chance to do much exercise because I was busy, you know, catching up with family up till midnight and beyond <laughs> and just organizing things. And so when I got home, I was starved of exercise. So I jumped on my bike, my mountain bike, and I listened to that incredible Bible study on John chapter 9, the, the blind man. Yeah. And uh, yeah, all the spiritual lessons there. So thank you for that, Sharissa. That was great. Oh, and Justin, thank you. Yeah, we enjoyed it, but we we are happy you're back. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that was great. So if you if you're thinking, oh wow, I'd love to have caught up on that. That was just a special one-off study in the book of John. Maybe one of these days we might look at some more stories in the book of John. That's a great it's a great gospel to go through. But just go to our Faith FM website. Go to the podcast section there, and you'll be able to pick it up. Um, and it's there, sitting waiting for you to listen to. Uh, in the looking up section on the podcast. So that, that was for last week. And this week we are continuing on with Daniel chapter seven. So those of you who, who are at home and you maybe have a Bible handy, I'd encourage you and invite you to, to take your Bible and, uh, to open up to the book of Daniel, which is sort of after the book of Psalms, a little way, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, and then it's Ezekiel. And then Daniel. So after Ezekiel, we have Daniel, and we're going to continue. Sorry, I missed out Isaiah, didn't yeah, I? Isaiah, yeah. Jeremiah, Limitations, I just, Ezekiel, I Daniel. I was just singing it in my head to find out. That doesn't sound right. I, I, I kind of just missed about four or five books of the Old Testament. <laughs> yeah, I told you, it's an organic show. It is. Um, so, yeah, the book of Daniel, the, the last time we were together in the book of Daniel, we looked at the first half. We kind of set the foundation. And I will briefly take a look at that before we plunge into uh, the second half of this study. Very, very important study. So, mm. so let me just set the let me just set the context in case you're joining us for the first time. The book of Daniel is made up in two halves. Uh, the first six chapters predominantly deal with uh, the stories in the book of Daniel, and the second six chapters deal with the prophetic. Um, the, the prophetic side of the book. So in particular, as it relates to those who will be living at the end of time. So in those first six chapters, we discover that the stories 
have end time significance. They mm-hmm. all have end time significance and they have incredible end time lessons. And so I just want to just take a look at that briefly. So chapter one, we take a look at God's faithfulness to Daniel and Daniel's faithfulness in response where Daniel chooses not to defile himself. That's Daniel chapter one, verse eight. That's the foundation for the whole book. And it's interesting, Sharissa, as I was taking a look at that, that word defile in Revelation 14, verse four, where it speaks of God's end time people, mm-hmm. describes them as the 144,000, a symbol for God's end time people that says they did not defile themselves. That's right. Yeah. So this characteristic is once again found in God's end time people. Mm-hmm. Amen. And then um, we have uh, Daniel chapter 2, where Satan seeks to destroy um, God's witnesses, and God intervenes uh, through miraculously. Daniel. That's Daniel 2, yeah, where God intervenes by giving Daniel the, the dream that the king had, and Daniel interprets the, the king's dream and saves his life and the life of all the wise men. Then in Daniel 3, we have false worship. Legislated. So once again, uh, Daniel puts his faith. Sorry, this is Daniel's three friends. They put their faith and trust in God and God preserves them. God delivers them. In Daniel chapter four, we have God's grace, um, uh, as opposed to pride and, um, selfishness. And, and we discover that, you know, the king humbles himself, King Nebuchadnezzar and salvation follows. And he praises God. In Daniel 5, we've got arrogance. And uh, we have Bel- Belshazzar um, and his arrogance and the resisting of God's grace and the writing on the wall and Daniel's faithfulness. And in Daniel 6, we have true worship band. And Daniel, um, once again, um, is faithful to God and God delivers him and God is glorified. So that theme of deliverance is all the way through. Mm-hmm. It's a great controversy. It is. And God always wins. God always God's wins. truth and his people will ultimately yeah. triumph. Absolutely. And so we as, we, as we take a look at the book of Daniel, we discover that it's in the context of this great controversy between God and evil. It's this great controversy uh, that relates to worship and allegiance. And who will we give our allegiance to? And that's mm-hmm. always been the question. It's always been the question. And so the book of Daniel really brings that out. Mm. So Daniel chapter 7 is, um, is, is the chapter where God uh, really zeroes in his microscope. Um, and, <laughs> and, you know, it, it, it's sharpened and we go deeper into this whole great controversy, this battle between good and evil, this, this worship war, this, this allegiance war. And yes. who will we give our allegiance to? Yeah, I like how you call it coming under the microscope because as we noted, I think last time, it's a repetition of a lot of what Daniel chapter two That's right. discovered there, but the detail is richer. Yeah, so yeah, like that, that's, that's as I was thinking about that today in preparing for this afternoon, I was thinking, you know, like a, a scientist, you know, just focuses and gets that microscope yeah. and, and just zeroes in more and more. And that's what we have here in Daniel chapter seven. And we'll discover that Revelation chapter 13, mm-hmm. um, is the twin to Daniel chapter seven. So we'll be, mm. we'll be looking at Revelation chapter 13 as well. Very exciting. So what we'll do simply now is um, we just want to take a look at uh, the first uh, number of verses. We won't take the time to read them because we already did that. So you can catch up on, on our podcast uh, from a couple of weeks ago for the, for the whole 
for, you know, for the whole presentation there. But basically in those first number of verses, we have the same kingdoms, as Sharissa pointed out, uh, repeated here. But instead of using metal, metals, what does God use this time? Animals, beasts. Yeah, beasts. Do you remember? Do ferocious you re- beasts. Do you remember those ferocious beasts and, and who sure they represent? I do. So the first beast that we ran into was coming up out of the sea and it was a, a lion with eagle's wings. Mm-hmm. And we noted that that was very symbolic of the kingdom empire of Babylon. Actually, I think you were telling us that is that on the Ishtar gates? Yes, on the processional wall. Yeah. yeah. Um, that, that lines, that lined ancient Babylon. You can find that in the museum there, the Berlin Museum, the Pergamon Museum. That's right. You can find those winged lions. Which is very encouraging as you're a student of Bible prophecy to know that even archaeology and history mm. confirms what the Bible is saying. So the first kingdom is represented by that beast. The second beast that Daniel sees coming up out of the sea was a bear raised up on one side with three ribs in its mouth. And we noted that that was really a good picture of Medo-Persia and yep. um, the three ribs representing the three empires that it had conquered. And then this was followed by a leopard-like beast with four wings on the back, which was a perfect uh, picture of the Grecian Empire. Mm. And uh, well, they had four heads, too. And four heads, yeah. Because when Alexander the Great died, I think you were telling us his kingdom was divided. That's right, amongst his, his four, four generals. generals. That's right, yeah. And Alexander the Great, of course, conquered the world very quickly. He did. Was it by the age of 33 I he think died? 33, yeah. I think from 23 so, to 33, yeah, yeah, he conquered the then-known world. So he did a lot in a very short space he of did. time. That's uh, why the, he has four wings on that beast. And a leopard, which is swift. Yes. And then that beast was followed by what Daniel calls in my Bible a dreadful, terrible, exceedingly strong beast. Wow. With iron teeth. Yes. And again, we see that iron making a very strong link to the metal man that we saw in Daniel chapter 2. So this is corresponding to the, the kingdom of Rome, the Roman Empire. And that's pretty much what we got to, I think, last time. And then verse... Oh, we, we looked oh, at the little horn, yeah, verse did. 8. Yeah, we sort of started unpacking that. We didn't, yes. we sort of just had a brief overview, but we're going to look a lot deeper in there. So that, so what happens next? So there's, so there's this beast has yep. 10 horns. Yep. But in verse 8, we were pointing out that there's a, another horn that comes up, a little horn, the Bible calls it. And as it rises up, it uproots three of those 10 horns and it begins doing a number of strange things. It speaks pompous words. It has eyes like the eyes of a man. Um, and you keep reading on at the end in verses 25. I think it says that he'll persecute the saints and intend to change times and laws. So we were talking about all these things and we never told them mm. who the Bible pinpoints here. Yes, who this little horn power is. Yeah. And um, because it's it's front and center in Daniel chapter 7. Uh, those first kingdoms are briefly mentioned, a brief description, and then the rest of the chapter from verse 8 all the way through to the very end of Daniel chapter 7, that's 80%, 70% of, of the material in Daniel 7 focuses on this little horn power mm. and uh, how it would seek to persecute the people of God and the impact that it would have on the entire world mm. at large. So so that's what we're going to take a look at. So what we're going to do is we're going to pray and then we're going to um, start uh, unpacking, putting these pieces of this jigsaw puzzle because that's what it is it's a jigsaw puzzle we're going to put these pieces together and we're going to seek to discover um what the bible is trying to teach us so sharissa do you want to have a prayer for us before we um 
go into God's Word. Sure. Our loving Father in Heaven, Lord, we're excited to be studying the book of Daniel together today. And as we do, we just invite your Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts, the hearts of all who join us in this study. May we gain a clearer understanding of your truth for these times. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you. Well, there's a, a parallel passage, as I pointed out. Revelation chapter 13 is the twin chapter um, of Daniel chapter 7. So Daniel and Revelation, these two are twin books. They go like a hand in the glove. If you want to go to Revelation 13, 1, Sharissa, if you want to read verses 1 and 2, we discover something very fascinating here that links these two chapters together. All right. The Revela- Bible, oh, yep. sorry, yeah. Revelation 13, 1 and 2, yep. Yep. The Bible says, Then I stood on the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rising up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and on his horns ten crowns, and on his heads a blasphemous name. Now the beast which I saw was like a leopard, his feet were like the feet of a bear, and his mouth like the mouth of a lion. The dragon gave him his power, his throne, and great authority. Okay, so it's fascinating here what we have. We have these animals. We have this... I guess this um, composite beast mm. that's made up of head of a lion, body of a leopard, and you know it's got the feet of a bear, mm-hmm. and it's this strange beast, and the dragon. Mm. There's a dragon beast here mm-hmm. that gives it its throne power and great authority. Mm-hmm. Same beast we met in Daniel chapter Same 7. Same beast we met in Daniel chapter 7. But notice here in Revelation 13, uh, it, begins with, it begins with this beast, uh, that you know this this strange beast that has seven heads and ten horns. So that's the first thing that we're exposed to. Mm-hmm. Then we and and then it moves on to it moves on to the leopard in verse two, mm-hmm. followed by the bear, followed by the lion. And it's interesting in Daniel seven you have the lion, the yeah. bear, the leopard, and then this strange beast. It's so the reverse order. It's the reverse order. So what so what's taking place is Daniel He's looking forward into the future, mm-hmm. whereas John the Revelator, he's looking back. Mm. And so John the Revelator, he's obviously living in the time of Rome, you know, imperial Rome mm-hmm. that ruled the world at that time, and he's looking back. And so these two verses link Daniel chapter 7 and Revelation chapter 13 as well as uh, elsewhere that we're going to be taking a look at. So, uh, folk, we are in for an exciting journey as we take a look at what all this means. So that's sort of setting us up for our next segment, which will take place after this song. And sit back and relax as you listen to this song, and we'll be back to unpack uh, Daniel chapter 7 some more. Laura Story, Immortal Invisible. Can see the depths of your mind. 
Welcome back. You are listening to Looking Up with Sharissa and Danny. And we are looking at the book of Daniel in our journey. We are Daniel chapter 7 and we're halfway through Daniel chapter 7. But before we continue our journey, Sharissa, there's a competition going. Uh, We just want to remind our listeners regarding this competition. This is an extremely important competition. Faith FM wants to hear from you. It's an opportunity that you can, you have by sharing your feedback to help shape what we do here. So to participate in this competition, we encourage you to go to faithfm.com.au and follow the survey links there. I just checked the page. It's very clear. You just click on the survey link. And as you do, you'll also go into the running to win a $100 Visa gift card. And of course, this is open until the 9th of April. So be sure to get in there and visit the website and do that survey as quickly as you can and invite others to too. Fantastic. Fantastic. Thank you so much for that. All right. Now we want to continue this study. Now we want to put these pieces together and we are briefly going to... uh, look at a scripture that we looked at last week and then we're just going to simply uh, give some of these uh, ID markers, some of these identification marks and then we're going to press on. So basically we are looking at this little horn power that in other scriptures is described as the Antichrist, is described as this beast with seven heads and ten horns from the sea in Revelation 13 that we read before before our, our song. It's also described as Babylon. It's also described as the harlot. Um, it's also described as the man of sin, son of perdition. So there's a whole bunch of different titles that describe this power in different ways. So, Sharissa, would you like to read for us verse 8, Daniel chapter 7 and verse 8? I was considering the horns, and there was another horn, a little one, coming up among them, before whom three of the first horns were plucked out by the roots. And there in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking pompous words. Okay, so so just quickly, um, that verse tells us that this power will come up amongst the ten kingdoms of, of Western Europe. When the Roman Empire was divided, it was divided into what we today have as Western Europe. It comes up after those 10 kingdoms were established. So that's 476 AD. So it must come after 476 AD. We looked Mm -hmm. at that last time. It's a small Western European kingdom because a horn represents a kingdom. As we have noted, it uproots three kingdoms by the roots, as well as it has eyes like the eyes of a man. And we discovered that that is uh, in the Bible, that's a symbol of pride. Uh, that's also a symbol of intelligence and so on and so forth. Uh, it speaks blasphemies, as we've looked at here at the end of verse 8. And now we want to take a look at this um, idea of blasphemy because it's very significant, Sharissa. I noted that in the book of Daniel, three times... Three times the word blasphemy is used there um, in verse 8, verse 11, verse 25. And in Revelation 13, mm. the word blasphemy is used four times. So mm. in total, seven times. That mm. That's very significant. God emphasizes this. So um, Revelation 13, verse 1, verse 5, verse 6. Um, so we need to understand what the Bible means by blasphemy. Like we can, um, you know, we can give our own opinions of what we believe, um, but the Bible actually unpacks what blasphemy is. So if you'd like to read um, the first definition the Bible gives, and uh, these, these two definitions come in the context of Jesus and his ministry. 
And the first one we're going to look at is in the book of John. You were in the book of John last week. You're in John chapter 9. But this time, we're going to look at John chapter 10. And uh, John chapter 10, verses 30 to 33. If you're following John 10, verses 30 to 33, Jesus is, is in a discussion with the religious leaders. And they accuse him of blasphemy. Now, notice what takes place. So in verse 30, Jesus says, I and my father are one. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered them, Many good works I have shown you from my father. For which of those works do you stone me? And verse 33 says, The Jews answered him saying, For a good work we do not stone you, but for blasphemy. And because you being a man make yourself God. Okay, so Charissa. Blasphemy is what? Making yourself God in this sense. Okay, so yeah, a human being, a human being, a sinful human being, being claiming the prerogative that belongs to God and God alone, which Mm -hmm. is to make oneself God. Mm -hmm. So that's the first definition of what it means to blaspheme God. So this power seeks the prerogatives that belong to God alone, and one of them is making itself equal with God. Mm. The second one we find in um, the book of Luke, Luke chapter 5, verse 20 and 21. So once again, there's a, a discussion taking place with the religious leaders and Jesus and notice the interaction. So Luke 5, 20 and 21. Says, when he saw their faith, he said to him, Man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Okay, so what's another definition for blasphemy? So, someone who claims to be able to forgive sin. Okay, so this is a prerogative that belongs to God and God alone. Um, no human being, no human institution has the right to forgive sins. Mm. That belongs to God and God alone. I'm mm-hmm. not talking about like when you hurt one another, we need to ask forgiveness from one another. We're talking about um, confessing our sins before God. Yes. Okay. So that's really important. Now, it's another scripture that describes the work of this Antichrist power mm-hmm. that we read of here in Daniel 7, this little horn power, Revelation 13, beast power. Paul, the Apostle Paul, describes this power. In Second Thessalonians chapter 2, And verse 3 and 4, it's interesting what he has to say. You want to read those words, please? Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first, and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God, and or all, sorry, all that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Wow. So there is um, there is some very important information here that the Apostle Paul shares. He shares that there is a falling away mm-hmm. that must come before Jesus comes. This is in the context of the second coming. Mm-hmm. And so the word there, falling away, is the word apostasia mm. or apostasy. Mm-hmm. And that's what it means to fall away from truth, is to apostatize or, or to go into apostasy. And it also it also describes this power as seeking worship. Mm. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Ding, 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 ding. That's the key issue at the end of time. It is, yeah. The book of Revelation, worship appears over and over and over again, over, over two dozen times. In fact, or two dozen times the word worship or worships or worshipped appears in Revelation. Revelation 13, 14, eight times the word Mm. worship appears, that central aspect of the book of Revelation. Mm. So this power seeks worship that belongs Mm -hmm. to God alone. 
Mm-hmm. Now, it's interesting. This power is referred to here by the Apostle Paul as the son of perdition. Mm. Fascinating phrase. Yeah. That appears only one other time, Sharissa, in the whole New Testament. Yeah. Do you know who it's in reference to? Judas. Yes. Now, tell me a bit about Judas. Well, he was one of the 12 disciples, but he betrayed Jesus. Ah, yes. We know Judas. Everyone knows Judas mm. because he betrayed Jesus. Mm-hmm. He was probably the most educated, mm-hmm. possibly. Um, he was certainly the one that was looking after the purse. Yep. Uh, we know that. And so it appears that he was the most trusted. Mm. I mean, who do you allow <laughs> to look after the finances at church? The yeah. treasurer, he needs to be a trusted or she needs to be a trusted person. That's a good point. And so what Paul is saying here, the most trusted institution mm. will one day deny and betray that holy trust. Mm. That's a massive clue. Massive clue. Son of perdition, and it also describes this power, according to Paul, he says, man of sin. What is sin, according to 1 John 3, 4? Transgression of the law. Yeah. So to sin is to go against God's holy law, which is the foundation of God's government, Mm -hmm. which is the foundation for for a, a peaceful and a prosperous life. God's Ten Commandments. So this power seeks to attack God's holy law against God's uh, against God and taking away the prerogatives of God, making himself equal with God, seeking to forgive sins, as well as seeking to seeking to take away from God's law. These are huge clues. These are huge clues. Worship it's narrowing things. It down. is. This this is where the microscope really starts zeroing in. Mm. Like I mean, it's really honing in because then if you read Daniel chapter seven verse twenty five, some more big clues here. Daniel 7, verse 25. He shall speak pompous words against the Most High, shall persecute the saints of the Most High, and shall intend to change times and law. Then the saints shall be given into his hand for a time, and times, and half a time. Wow. So we know that this power is not only a political power, because it's a little horn power. Okay, it's a beast power, it's a kingdom, mm-hmm. but it's also a religious power mm-hmm. because it, it seeks to, it seeks to mandate a worship. Mm-hmm. Um, it blasphemes and we've discovered what blasphemy is. It persecutes God's people and it thinks to change times and laws. And it's really fascinating, um, that this power is, is very different to the other powers. In Daniel chapter 7, verse 20, we won't take the time to read it there, but it says, this little horn whose appearance was greater than his fellows. So it's greater. It's more powerful. Mm. That's very, very important. And we're going to take a look at who this power is and how its power was far exceedingly greater than those other ten horns um, that preceded it. Mm. And the other thing is, it says in Daniel 7, verse 24, he shall be different from the first ones. So it's greater and it's different. And I guess you could say it's different in the sense that the previous ones were political uh-huh. powers. Yes, yes, yes. But the one, this one, like you just pointed out, it's a religio-political power. Yes, that's why it's different. Okay. That is why it's different. Now, what is really, really fascinating, I was taking a look at this and um, I think, oh, where is it? Did I? Yeah, 
in Daniel, um, sorry, was it Daniel chapter 7, where I was looking at um, this power and the blasphemy. This is fascinating. Go to Revelation 13. This is just mind-boggling. This, hold, hold on to your hats, folk. This is phenomenal. <laughs> Revelation 13, verse 4. Back to Revelation 13. You remember that's the camp companion chapter of Daniel chapter 7. Revelation chapter 13, if you want to read verse 4, please. So they worshipped the dragon who gave authority to the beast, and they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast? Who is able to make war with him? Okay, there's some there's some language here. Challenging that, language. Very challenging language. This is this power, and, and they are saying, Who is able to... To make war with him. Mm. Who is like the beast? Who is like the beast? Now, guess what? In the book of Daniel, there is a name, Michael. Mm. Now, we haven't come across that yet. Uh, Michael will, will, come. will, will come in Daniel chapter 10 and Daniel chapter 12. And Michael is another term for Jesus Christ. Because you know what Michael means? Who is like God? Yep. That's what it means. Michael means who is like God. Mm. So this power is saying who is like the beast instead of in you know, God's name, the beast name is placed there. <laughs> so this is another clue that this power is seeking to take the prerogatives away from Michael, Jesus Christ. This is amazing. This is huge. This is if you're hearing this for the first time, folk, and you're like, "Wow, is this really in there?" Just check it's it like all out. Joining the dots. It is. That's the what we're done. Picture is beginning to emerge yeah. now. Yeah, absolutely. And we know that Michael um, is uh, is another name for Jesus Christ because Michael appears in Daniel chapter ten um, there in relation to this war that is going on, this great controversy war that is taking place. And we're going to look at Daniel ten, so we won't take the time now. But in Daniel chapter twelve, verse one, where Michael, at the end of time during a time of trouble such as the world is now, he stands up on behalf of his people and he delivers them. Yes, he does. And it's the same Michael in Revelation chapter twelve, verses seven to nine, who Michael and his angels went to war against the dragon and his angels. Amen. So Michael is Jesus Christ. So this power seeks to take away the prerogatives that belong to Jesus Christ, Michael. Mm. Very, very powerful. And so and so this power seeks to um, mess with God's law. It mm. persecutes God's people. And it says it persecutes God's people for a period of time, times, and a half a time. Mm-hmm. And we've looked at this in the past. We've discovered a time is a year. Times is two years and a half a time is half a year. And so we're looking at three and a half prophetic years, 1260 prophetic days, a day representing a year according to scripture. And so we're looking at 1260 years. And the Arabic Bible actually translates it three you, and a half years. You told us that. And seven times that, that time frame is given in Daniel and Revelation. So with that in mind, we are about to reveal who this power is. So hold on to your hats. Drum roll. <laughs> sit tight. And after this song, we are going to share with you who this power is that the Bible identifies in this way. And it's going to be a huge surprise to many of you. But we thank God for his beautiful truth. So sit back and listen to this beautiful song from Shane and Shane, Ancient of Days. Though the nations rage, kingdoms rise and fall, there is still one. 
is true the remains that my God is the ancient of days. None of
Welcome back to Looking Up. You're with Sharissa and Danny on this beautiful sunny afternoon. And I hope you are enjoying our journey through Daniel chapter 7. We are journeying through the book of Daniel and we're in Daniel chapter 7 and we're at a really exciting point in our study. We're about to reveal all. But before that, Sharissa, do you want to just share with us uh, regarding this competition that's taking place? All right. So just a reminder, there is a competition going on right now and we are encouraging you to take a survey. You can find the survey on our website, faithfm.com.au and the survey link is there. And if you enter this survey, you will also go into the running for a $100 Visa gift gift card and it's only open until the 9th of april so don't miss this opportunity to support this station fantastic and if people would like to um, ask a question because this might be very new to our listeners and so if what we're looking at is kind of really new um, and you've got a question or a comment how can I contact us? Yeah, it's very important. We want to hear from you if you have a question or a comment. Uh, you can call us at 1-800-324-843 or you can text in your question or comment at to 0491-064-669. Okay. And finally, just as a, as a reminder, we have a very special program next Wednesday that people have been waiting for and we've been promoting. What are we looking at next Wednesday as a follow-up uh, to what we're looking at today? Yes, yeah, so I think uh, listeners won't want to miss next Wednesday because we're going to be talking about um, the vaccine and many people are wondering, is this the mark of the beast? Mm. So we're going to unpack that next week from the Bible. It's another seatbelts presentation. Oh, it's it's going to be huge. Yeah, it's going to be huge. You want to be there and yeah. You will really be blessed. It. Absolutely. My, my brother, uh, not my brother-in-law, my, my cousin picked me up from the airport um, when I got to Melbourne last week and the first thing he asked me after we got into a bit of a chat was, do you think the vaccine is the mark of the beast, Dan? <laughs> and I'm like, well, stay tuned, yeah. stay tuned, all will be revealed. Yeah. So, um, yeah, people are asking. Um, yeah. Kanye, Kanye West, he came out saying that the vaccine was the mark of the beast. Did he really? Yeah, he did last year. So, yeah. um, anyway, so there's a lot of people out there wondering, um, obviously, you know, uh, with the internet and social media, mm. it's uh, it's making the rounds. So we want to take a look at what the Bible has to say because that's all we're interested in, Sharissa. Amen. Is what does the Bible have to say? We're looking up. Exactly. Looking up the Bible and we're looking up into the clouds. <laughs> and uh, we don't have our heads in the clouds, but we're looking into the clouds and waiting for the coming of Jesus. So we we want to look at who this power is now. But before we do that, um, I do just want to take a look at a several interesting comparisons between, I mentioned that this power, this Antichrist power, seeks to take away the prerogatives that belong to Jesus Christ alone. And it's interesting that the word Antichrist, that's another term for, for this power, appears in First and Second John. Uh, five times, and uh, the term actually means the adversary of Christ or in place of Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a it's a term that 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 means that is a an individual or a power that seeks to take away the prerogatives that belongs to Christ. So the Greek word is antichristos, mm. where we get our English word. Antichrist. And it's not just against, it's in place of. In the place of, yes. Okay. The word can mean ant, uh, against, as in, you know, the way we refer to the word anti. But in this context, and according to the, the definition given to us from the Greek, it's in place of. And 
as well as the adversary of Christ. So just quickly, I just want to take a look at um, just some comparisons between Jesus Christ and this power before we unpack who this power is. Firstly, um, you have uh, this power. Uh, in Revelation 13, where it's also spoken of, there as this beast with seven heads and ten horns, it is given full authority and power by the dragon, who is Satan, um, defined in Revelation chapter 12 as well, Satan working through pagan Rome, which is also another symbol of the dragon. Whereas Jesus in Matthew 28 stated that he received full authority from his father. Mm. Secondly, the beast comes up out of the water to begin his ministry. And so did Jesus. And they hmm. both have a three-and-a-half-year ministry. True. That's true. Uh, the beast resembles the dragon. When you take a look at the dragon and the yes. beast, they are very similar. And Jesus said, He who has seen me has seen the Father. Yeah. Then you have the beast receiving his power thrown in authority from the dragon. In Revelation 13, you have Jesus who receives his power thrown in authority from the Father. You have the beast that was slain. Okay, in Revelation 13, 3, which we're going to take a look at, and you have Jesus who was slain. In fact, it uses that very interesting language. And in Revelation 13, 8, it speaks of the Lamb, the book of, uh, the Lamb's book of life slain from the foundation of the world. Very interesting mm. language. Oh, I'm telling this you. <laughs> this is just amazing. Amazing. It is. Um, another point, the beast came back to life. Miraculously, uh-huh. that's Revelation thirteen three, which we're going to look at. In fact, read Revelation thirteen three, or maybe no, we won't. Maybe read it now. I'll go through these, but we will get there. And Jesus came back to life uh, after his resurrection. Well, uh, he was resurrected, and that's where we're going this weekend. The beast receives worship after his mortal wound is healed. Jesus received worship after his resurrection. Mm. The beast was given universal authority over the earth after the healing of his mortal wound. Jesus was given all authority in heaven and on earth after his resurrection. And finally, and this is just 10, there are a lot more, the beast seeks to win over all nations, tribes, tongues, and people. Revelation 13, 7. And Jesus seeks to win over all nations, tribes, tongues, and peoples. Revelation 14, 6. Wow. And Matthew 24, 14. <laughs> Isn't that incredible? It is. So that is really, really powerful. Now, it's interesting that, and if you want to know the truth, Regarding this matter, you are not alone because Daniel actually prayed that very prayer. He was given this uh, vision and this is what he shared in Daniel 7 verse 19 and 20. Daniel wrote, Then I wish to know the truth about the other horn, that is the little horn, which spoke pompous words. Mm. And I'm kind of just I've pulled out some, some of those phrases from Daniel 7, 19 and 20. He wanted to know the truth. So Jesus said you will know the truth and the truth will do what? Set you free. Set you free. And so the truth is absolutely important. I don't know about you, but if I want to be free. Absolutely. I want to know the truth. I don't want to be deceived. Yeah. Free from deception because there's nothing worse than being deceived. Mm -hmm. You know, nobody wants to be deceived. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, betrayed, deceived, lied to. And the only way to really know is to know the truth. Yeah. Uh, because deception has a kernel of truth in it as well, that's doesn't right. it? So and that's how deception true. works. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it looks so, true. Yeah. So here we have, here we have the true and the counterfeit. Yeah. We've got Jesus Christ and we have this counterfeit power. Mm. So folk, who are we looking at? Well, let me take a deep breath. Yeah. Um, whenever, whenever I share this, um, I, I, I say a few words to begin with, and that is 
that God here is exposing a system, a corrupt system that seeks to take away from the prerogatives that belong to God and God alone. Mm -hmm. A system that is sadly used by the enemy as, as the, as the dragon or Satan used the serpent at the beginning of time to deceive Eve. He used a medium, the serpent. So too, the Bible tells us that Satan will use a power, a political religious power, um, down through history for over a millennia and in particular at the end of time to deceive the whole world into receiving worship. So Satan's front man, now, there is uh, no no doubt whatsoever. The evidence is conclusive, Sharissa. The evidence points clearly, as we put all these pieces together, it points to the Roman church state or the Roman papacy. Yeah, That's who is, we're looking at. There's just no other way to look at it, is there? There is no other way to look at it. And if someone does have another way that they've found, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, we would. We would. So we're going to take a look and, and see if all these identification marks do indeed stack up with the Church of Rome. Sounds good. Um, and so I, I really do need to say God is not here uh, pinpointing individuals who make up the Roman Church. There are some 1.3 billion Individuals around the world who claim um, to be Roman Catholic mm-hmm. Christians. So God is not here speaking about these individuals. This is not God oh. pointing the finger at individuals. That's good news. I it have is. family. Yeah, the Roman. Catholic. I've got friends. I've yeah. got friends and, and and some family that are Roman Catholic Christians, mm-hmm. and there's some beautiful people out there. They are. And so God here is exposing um, Satan's lies, and He's not here, you know, wielding you know a big stick and making the people of that faith feel bad. But God is inviting us to follow the truth. So it's a bit like, I mean, you know, if you're a German, if you're a German, uh, you know, you're, you're not proud um, and you don't condone what Hitler did during World War Two. but you're a German. That doesn't make you a bad person because, you know, you're associated with uh, Hitler who was a German. Um, and so, you know, or, or, or let's just, you know, Muslims, you know, I mean, I remember when ISIS was mm-hmm. was wreaking havoc, you know, in the Middle East and and around the world, you know, with terrorism. There was this um, hashtag, not in my name. Do you mm-hmm. remember that? Not in my name, where Muslims were disassociating themselves from this terrorist group, mm-hmm. saying, "I'm a Muslim. I, I love people." And so God here is identifying a system. So let's take a look and see if this all matches up. First, let's go to the Catholic um, to the flag. To the Vatican State flag. There is a flag uh, that okay. they have because they're a country. Yeah, yeah. the yeah. smallest country. It's the smallest country in, in the world, yeah. yes, but probably the most powerful country <laughs> in the world. Um, it has uh, the flag, and you can Google this and you can check it out. You can Google this. On the flag, and I'm just looking at it here on my computer screen, uh, the flag has uh, a three-tiered crown, and that is the church's um, uh I guess that's symbolic of of the church's claim to rule heaven, the earth, and below the earth. So the mm-hmm. three spheres, heaven, the earth, below the earth. Mm-hmm. It has two um, keys. One is a silver key, and the other one is a golden key. And they kind of crisscross like a cross. 
And I looked it up, and you can check this out on Wikipedia. Uh, the gold key represents spiritual power, mm-hmm. while the silver key represents worldly or political power. Wow. So that is why the religio-political, uh, religio-political power. Mm-hmm. So we have, we have uh, you know, we talk about Vatican City, mm-hmm. you know, the Vatican, um, and that's, that's the, the church element. And then when they speak of the Holy See, that's the political arm of the church. And so we have here um, these these identification where where the Church of Rome or the Vatican is in Rome in Western Europe. So it comes up amongst the ten kingdoms. It is a small Western European kingdom it's on 108 acres um, of land. I've been there. I've hmm. been to really? I've been to the Vatican. Uh-huh. Yeah, Vatican State. You can buy stamps. Uh, yeah, it's it's a country. In fact, um, in a, a Australia back in 2008, we sent our first ambassador. To the Holy See, hmm. you know Tim Fisher. Um, yeah, and I met him. We actually met him. We were in Rome. We were there in the Vatican, <laughs> you know, in in uh, Saint Peter's Cathedral, and there was, you know, there was Tim Fisher, and I recognised him because I'd seen that. Um, that was back in two thousand. Did you say hi? I did. Oh, good. I, I went up to him. I said hi. I, I shook my hand. I said I'm an Aussie, <laughs> and I said um, I said, oh, can we take a photo? <laughs> <laughs> That's when he knew you were and, an um, Aussie. <laughs> yeah, and he said no, no photo. <laughs> so that was okay. So, um, but yeah. So I, I met him, and um, so yeah, he was the first. He was the first uh, resident ambassador to the Holy See. Wow! And that was during the time of Kevin Rudd, mm-hmm. and so he was proud that he could send him. So number three um, comes up after the Ten Kingdoms. Yes, the Church of Rome began um, in five thirty eight A.D. That's when it began. I just want to read a couple of statements here. This this one statement here. It says uh, this is from a, a historian. And he wrote, the Roman church pushed itself into the place of the Roman world empire, of which it is the actual continuation. The Pope, who calls himself King and Pontifex Maximus, is Caesar's successor. Wow. Yeah. So um, where the Caesars ended, the Popes continued on. Mm. So, yeah, they filled that vacuum. And there's a whole heap more. And those three powers that were taken out of the way, uh, they three were horns. Three horns. The three horns. Yeah, the three kingdoms. They were the Ostrogoths, the Heruli, and the Vandals. Mm-hmm. And so they were all taken out of the way. You can check that in a library. Yeah, you can just check that out in the library. I have um, just another quote here. It says, Long ages ago, when Rome, through the neglect of the Western emperors, was left to the mercy of the barbarous hordes, the Romans turned to one figure for aid and protection and asked him to rule over them. And thus, in this simple manner, the the best title of all kingly right commenced the temporal sovereignty of the popes. And meekly stepping to the throne of Caesar, the vicar of Christ took up the scepter to which the emperors and kings of Europe were to bow in reverence through so many ages. Mm. So that's another historian that points this out. So, um, yeah, it's it's interesting that we have uh, we have the historical evidence. And uh, as well as what we see today. And so we're going to be taking a break. And then we're going to be going to some news and we're going to come back with some more interesting information regarding this. So sit back Can't and enjoy. Wait. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. 
everyone. You're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right. And if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event because you can actually participate. There's a free giveaway that you can claim. You can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun. So catch you then. Hi everyone, this is Lyle. And this is Minnie, and you can join us every weekday morning for The Breakfast Show. Every morning we cover news that matters and study the Bible together. We also have heaps of great music and giveaways. So come and have a positively different morning with us. Every weekday from 7 to 9 on Faith FM. If you're making a road trip up the coast, pop in just off the highway to New Start Juice at 45 William Street, Raymond Terrace. Grab yourself a fresh, healthy juice or smoothie and check out the op shop while you wait. And remember, every day is a fresh new start. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Welcome back to Looking Up. You're with Sharissa and Danny, and we are in the final uh, section of our program for this and afternoon. It's that been an epic one. It's been epic. There's just so much to share, and um, <laughs> yeah, so we're going to really put our skates on as we take a look at this last section. So we have identified this little horn power in Daniel 7 as well as all the other references um, to this little horn power in other um, parts of, of the Bible and different names that is used. We've identified it as none other than the Roman church state. Which would make sense because it comes from the Roman power, that's that, that right. fourth beast. That's right. It comes from the fourth beast in that part of the world. That's right. And so we know that the Roman papacy continued on from where the, the Roman Caesars left off. At the end of the Roman power. So we want to take a look at um, and just see how a couple of these other um, identification marks stack up. Uh, the next one that we looked at, uh, well, one of the other ones that we looked at, a major one was blasphemy. And we discovered there are two uh, clear definitions for blasphemy um, from the Gospels. One was... Claiming to be God. And the other one was? Forgiving sins. Yeah, claiming the power and the authority to be able to forgive sins. And so we have we have uh, the, the popes are referred to as Father, and not just Father, but Holy Father. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember... Or your holiness, I remember watching uh, President Bush. This is, you know, a few years ago now. I watched this. Yeah, President Bush um, back in, um, I think it was 2008, somewhere there when the Pope visited the US and he referred to the Pope as Holy Father. Mm. And then, not to be outdone, our own Prime Minister here in Australia, Kevin Rudd, when Pope Benedict came to visit uh, Australia, he referred to him not once but twice as your holiness. Hmm. And Jesus said very clearly, don't call anyone father from a spiritual point of view. I'm not talking about like a a birth father. He taught us to pray to our father in heaven. In heaven, yes. Hallowed be your name. So this idea of your holiness, uh, a term used for any individual, I don't care who they are, is inappropriate. In fact, we call him... You know, Pope Francis is known as the Pope. Mm. Do you know what Pope means? It means Papa, Father. It means Father. Pope in English, Papa in in Latin. And so you have, you know, Father. So continually, and, you know, when the priest, the priests are called Father. 
you know, mm-hmm. Holy Father. People refer to their priest as, you know, Holy Father or Reverend. Mm-hmm. You know, I've sometimes been referred to as Reverend and I'm like, no, 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 no. no. I'm anything but Reverend. <laughs> so don't call me Reverend. You know, it, he who we revere is God alone. You know, we Amen. reverence God. Amen. And so, yeah, so it fulfills uh, that statement as well. And um, Jesus, well, no, you know, the Apostle uh, the apostle Paul in 1 Timothy 2.5 says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the, the man, man Christ, Christ Jesus. Jesus. Exactly. So we don't go to a priest and seek forgiveness from God through a priest. No, we go to our mediator who is Jesus Christ. But this power, as we discovered, seeks to take away the prerogatives that belong to God. Mm, very interesting. Yeah. And so it's from the inside. So we're not looking from the outside. The Antichrist power will not come from the outside, but it comes from within mm. that, that son of perdition, you know, that, mm-hmm. that Judas character. All right, so then we take a look at um, another element. In Daniel 7.25, we discovered that this power would seek to intend to change times and law. Now, is there any evidence, Charissa, that the Church of Rome has sought to tamper with God's holy law, the Ten Commandments? Yeah, so if you familiarize yourself with the Ten Commandments and then look at any... A version of that that is posted. I actually saw this in stone when I was in Guam outside a Roman Catholic church and they took out one of the commandments Mm -hmm. and then split the last one up into two. It's the same commandment, but they made it into two to make up for the one that was taken out. And the Mm. one that was taken out was the one referring to images. Mm. And uh, yeah, that was really interesting to me because I saw it in stone. You saw it there in stone. And yeah, yeah, if you go to the Philippines as well, there's a number of churches, Catholic churches that have the Ten Commandments in stone um, at the front of the church and and that commandment um, has been tampered with. It's as well as been uh, eradicated. I've got got a, a catechism well, I've got mm-hmm. two here right in front of me, and it's interesting, uh, like a catechism, you know, question and answer on the teachings of the church. Mm-hmm. And here, and here it says, it says very clearly, it says, um, you know, what is the second commandment is the question. The second commandment is thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. That's not the second commandment. This, that's the third commandment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The second commandment is the one you refer to that's been taken out. And it's interesting that it also um, it also tampers with God's times, and the only commandment that deals with time is the Sabbath, the fourth commandment. Yes, that's right. Yeah, and it's the only one that begins with the word "remember." Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Let, let me read to you from this catechism. It asks, you know, which is the Sabbath day? Question. That's that's question. The answer: Saturday is the Sabbath day. Question, obvious, obvious uh, question that would follow would be, why do we observe Sunday instead of Saturday? And here is the answer from the catechism. I'm reading it. We observe Sunday instead of Saturday because the Catholic Church transferred or changed the solemnity from Saturday to Sunday. Wow. So what God told us two and a half thousand years ago would take place, the church itself has told us that is exactly the case. Changing times and laws. Yeah, tampering with God's, God's holy law. God's times and laws. I have a quote here, um, Charissa. Yeah. And uh, this is a quote from the Church of Rome itself. And uh, this is what the Church says. The Pope has power to change times, to abrogate laws, and to dispense with all things, even the precepts of Christ. Mm. That's not right. That is not right. That is not right. Absolutely. 
to do away with what God says, basically. Yeah, yeah. even what Christ has said. Yet yeah, Jesus himself said, you know, heaven and earth can pass away, but my words will never pass away. That's Luke sixteen seventeen. It's easier for heaven and earth mm-hmm. to disappear than for one, you know, jot or tittle of the least stroke of a pen to, to move away from God's holy law that he, that he um, shared on tablets of stone. And then there's another section here, Sharissa, and that is um, persecution. Yes. It persecutes. Yeah, the Bible said in Daniel 7.25, this power would persecute the saints of the Most High. Mm, absolutely. And so there are many historians that have written on this, and I won't take the time to read um, those quotations. Maybe just one here from one historian, um, Lecky, and he writes, that the Church of Rome has shed more innocent blood than any other institution that has ever existed among mankind will be questioned by no Protestant who has a competent knowledge of history. Wow. So that's just a fact. And, you know, I've been there. Um, I've been to Europe where there are many memorials to uh, those who were persecuted um, by the Church of Rome. There are estimates anywhere from about 50 to 100 million Um, were killed by the Church of Rome. There were Protestants also that were involved in persecution. Let's not forget that. Protestants were also involved in persecution um, during that period. And we have John Paul II in the year 2000. He asked for forgiveness Mm. for the first time Mm -hmm. for the persecution that the Church of Rome had had been involved in during that period of over a 1,000 years. And so, yeah, that 1260-year period of papal persecution. Uh, now, it's interesting that today um, most Christians have no idea about what we've been talking about. You know, this, for many of them, is the first time they're hearing it. Yet this is a message that has been shared um, on many occasions by many of the Reformers. Mm. 